Welcome to the St. Patrick Catholic Community Podcast in Scottsdale, Arizona. We are Christian Disciples in Mission. Hello, everyone. This is Father Eric Teas, the pastor of St. Patrick's Catholic Community in Scottsdale, Arizona. And welcome to our Mass. These days are now called the Tridum. And tonight is what we as Christians call Holy Thursday. It's the evening that we remember the institution of the Eucharist, the feet washing. And we move to Good Friday, which is the only time throughout the church's calendar year where there is no Mass celebrated. But we gather together to venerate the cross and to hear again the proclamation of the Passion. And then we will celebrate that great feast of Easter. Not just Easter Day, but in the church, that feast day lasts for seven weeks, up to the great feast of Pentecost, which is the birth of the church, the gift of the Holy Spirit. So we welcome you, even though tonight it's not like a Sunday. Uh, Hopefully many of you are joining us during these special holy days. We began Holy Week on Sunday with Passion, or Palm Sunday as we call that, and now we move into these tritium times, three days of holiness, remembering Jesus' passion, his death, and resurrection. And the liturgies will be a little bit different. Uh, Tonight, um, we encourage you maybe to think of ways of how you can wash each other's feet after the Mass tonight, ways, or maybe even washing hands, since that seems to be a a big thing as well, that, uh, you know, it's symbolically known that we are servants of one another as well. And we will end silently because it's one continuous liturgy. Thank you for joining us on these special nights. And it's our honor as a parish to have Holy Thursday and Good Friday to celebrate as well. As we do in the parish, let's just pause for a moment. Let's prepare ourselves to celebrate well the sacred mystery. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the communion of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. And with your spirit. As we mentioned in the beginning, Lent has come to an end. And now we move into these holy days that remembers the Paschal mystery. Paschal in Hebrew means Passover, that Jesus Christ passed over from death to life. And so we commemorate then and remember his passion, his death, and his resurrection. At this time, let us now give glory and praise to God as we gather with God's people everywhere throughout the world in the singing of the Gloria. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to people of goodwill. We praise you, we bless you, we adore you, we glorify you. God Almighty Father, Lord Jesus Christ, only begotten Son, Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us, you take away the sins of the world, receive our prayer. You are seated at the 
right hand of the Father. Have mercy on us. For you alone are the Holy One. You alone are the Lord. You alone are the Most High. Jesus Christ with the Holy Spirit in the glory of God the Father. Let us pray. Gathering all our prayers into one. O God, who have called us to participate in this most sacred supper, in which your only begotten Son, when about to hand himself over to death, entrusted to the church a sacrifice new for all eternity, the banquet of his love, grant that we may draw from such great a mystery the fullness of charity and of life. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. And at this time, let us now be attentive to God's Word. A reading from the book of Exodus. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, This month shall stand at the head of your calendar. You shall reckon it the first month of the year. Tell the whole community of Israel, On the tenth of this month, every one of your families must procure for itself a lamb, one apiece for each household. If a family is too small for a whole lamb, it shall join the nearest household in procuring one and shall share in the lamb in proportion to the number of persons who partake of it. The lamb must be a year-old male without blemish. You may take it from either the sheep or the goats. You shall keep it until the 14th day of this month, and then, with the whole assembly of Israel present, it shall be slaughtered during the evening twilight. They shall take some of its blood and apply it to the two doorposts and the lintel of every house in which they partake of the lamb. That same night, they shall eat its roasted flesh with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. This is how you are to eat it. With your loins girt, sandals on your feet, and your staff in hand, you shall eat like those who are in flight. It is the Passover of the Lord. For on the same night I will go through Egypt, striking down every firstborn of the land, both man and beast, and executing judgment on all the gods of Egypt, I, the Lord. But the blood will mark the houses where you are. Seeing the blood, I will pass over you. Thus, when I strike the land of Egypt, no destructive blow will come upon you. This day shall be a memorial feast for you, which all your generations shall celebrate, with pilgrimage to the Lord as a perpetual institution. The word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. God. 
Our blessing cup is our communion with the blood of Christ. Our blessing cup is our communion with the blood of Christ. Our blessing cup is our communion with the blood of Christ. Our blessing cup is our communion with the blood of Christ. How shall I make a return to the Lord for all the good he has done for me? cup of salvation I will take up, and I will call upon the name of the Lord. Our blessing cup is our communion with the blood of Christ. Our blessing cup is our communion Precious in the eyes of the Lord is the death of his faithful ones. I am your servant, the son of your handmaid. You have loosed my bonds. Our blessing cup is our communion. With the blood of Christ, our blessing cup is our communion with the blood of Christ. To you will I offer sacrifice of thanksgiving, and I will call upon the name of the Lord. My vows to the Lord I will pay in the presence of all his people. The blessing cup is a communion with the blood of Christ. Our blessing cup is a communion reading from the first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. Brothers and sisters, 
I received from the Lord what I also handed on to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night he was handed over, took bread, and after he had given thanks, broke it, and said, This is my body that is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, also the cup, after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the death of the Lord until he comes. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. Before the feast of Passover, Jesus knew that his hour had come to pass from this world to the Father. He loved his own in the world, and he loved them to the end. The devil had already induced Judas, son of Simon the Iscariot, to hand him over. And so during supper, fully aware that the Father had put everything into his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God, he rose from supper, took off his outer garments. He took a towel and tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and dry them with the towel around his waist. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Master, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus answered and said to him, What I am doing, you do not understand now, but you will understand later. Peter said to him, You will never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, Unless I wash you, you will have no inheritance with me. Simon Peter said to him, Master, then not only my feet, but my hands and head as well. Jesus said to him, Whoever has bathed has no need except to have his feet washed, for he is clean all over. So you are clean, but not all. For he knew who would betray him. And for this reason he said, Not all of you are clean. So when he had washed their feet and put his garments back on, he reclined at table again, and he said to them, Do you realize what I have done for you? You call me teacher and master, and rightly so, for indeed I am. 
If I, therefore, the master and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash one another's feet. I have given you a model to follow, so that as I have done for you, you should do for others. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to to you, Lord Lord Jesus Christ. And again, we're so grateful that you have joined us on this night. It's not a Sunday, and so it might be something new for some people uh, looking to make these days very holy, especially in Holy Week, and now as we enter to the Tritum. So we welcome you and glad that you're joined. These liturgies will be a little different. We also remember that it's one continuous liturgy, so we will end quietly and go forth and return for Good Friday, as we mentioned, to celebrate that great day and the season of Easter. John's gospel is much different than what the three gospels are called. Matthew, Mark, and Luke are called the synoptic gospels, means viewing with the same eye. John is the last one written, and he sometimes can be very difficult to understand. That's why you need a little help in knowing about John. There's a lot of symbolism that happens there, a lot of signs that you've got to look for, and deeper meaning and imagery that's used. And the one that really touched me today was when Jesus takes off his garment and lays it aside. That's the image and the language used for a prophet or someone who is important from God who takes his life and lays it aside. Now, Jesus does something so extraordinary. In John's gospel, he knows who he is. Son of God. He knows his purpose. And yet he does something so menial, so lowly, washing of feet. That was considered the lowest of the low that even Jewish male slaves wouldn't do that. It was reserved for Gentile slaves and women and children. And here's the mystery that God, who is all-knowing, Ruler, dominion, controlling. He's the one that has all the authority and all power. And he could force all of us to love him. That's what it he could possibly do. And yet for some strange reason, he takes the lowest of the lowest act and chooses to wash his disciples' feet. I think that's something to really reflect on, that we in the church have to remember. God doesn't force us to love him back. That's a free gift of free will. Wanting to be loved from one's heart is a desire of every human, and it sounds like that's so much a part of God, that he wants us to love us not out of fear, but one that simply we love him and know who he is. And then John tells us that he takes the garment and places it back on. The image that he takes the life that has been taken and he puts it back on. In other words, the life isn't lost. But this way of being is on him now. This new life that soon he will participate in at the end of these special days. 
Isn't it interesting that if we call Holy Thursday an important feast of the institution of the Eucharist, wouldn't it make sense to tell the history of how it all started? Don't we do that? Tell me how it all began. Tell me how when you first met, when you fell in love. Tell me when you decided to enter this school or go into that profession. We want to know the details and the story. And why doesn't the church use a gospel that describes what happened? John kind of just skips that part of the bread. Here you go. And he goes right into what? The washing of the feet. And that's Eucharist. That's the Eucharist. Here's the most interesting thing. We're grieving that we can't get into our churches. We're crying. Oh, isn't it sad that we can't get in? And this is, uh, what are we going to do? How are we going to adore the Eucharist? How do we tell the story? Why can't we gather together? And this is probably the most powerful tritum that we're ever going to experience. Just because our buildings are closed doesn't mean Eucharist isn't being lived. John's gospel is going to come alive like never before. When you wash the feet of others, that's Eucharist. Sometimes in the church we can get so caught up in adoring and getting into theology and being sad that not everyone understands the real presence. And we get stuck there sometimes because that's all that really matters is the host and adoring the host, and gathering together, and being worthy to receive the host, that we just leave it here in the church. And we think that our lives are not connected. And they are. The word mass, misa, means to be sent. What we believe in this space needs to be taken out and lived in the world. And John says that. That whenever we lay down our lives for others, that's Eucharist. So church, I don't know why you're grieving, right? Well, I can see why we grieve, but... All's not lost. Don't live in hopelessness. This is probably one of the most powerful things that will happen in our lifetime, that Eucharist is alive now in what you do for laying down the lives of others. So with this virus, that we're all hearing about the news that scares us, there's more news that comes out each day, and we can get overwhelmed with that and so fearful and so paralyzed, and yet, how many people... Have we known in stories already that are laying down their lives? Are you hearing those stories too? Because I know I am. Think about people checking on neighbors. Any parish, including ours at St. Patrick's, when people, you hear stories of people checking on neighbor, that's Eucharist. Alive. Washing the feet of another. Comforting them. Think about the comforting words that maybe you're giving or you have received from people, from family members who are concerned about you. Just checking in with you. Are you okay? Do you have enough things? Are you feeling okay? Let's take you to the doctor. Let's go see what, what, what we can do for you. Think about right now how many doctors and nurses are coming out of retirement in New York City. There's thousands of them ready to serve. How about companies now? Some of them are stopping certain productions of things that they do to what? Make masks, make uniforms, do things, hand sanitizers, all those other things that people lay down their way of life to serve others. You see, that's the beauty of the church. And that's why if we only grieve about buildings being closed and how sad 
how limiting we are to the power and grace of God. We cannot be Catholics who just simply say how holy it is we're in a church that looks pretty and meets our standards and we all get to receive communion, those of you are worthy. Everyone participates, you know that? You see, we all worried to think that if we just taught doctrine better, then more Catholics will believe in the real presence, and maybe other people will too. You know what? It works for a few. I can't tell you that I just read a book and said, oh, this is what the church believes. My life's changed. Yeah. That very rarely happens, to be honest with you. I think we can be honest about that. But do you know what changes? When someone's in the hospital and someone from a parish goes and brings Christ to him, could be communion, could be prayers, and not having to ask whether you're worthy or in good standings, just be present. You have visited me in my brokenness and my fear. Maybe we go door to door. Maybe we visit the homebound. Maybe we comfort people who come to us, or hopefully we, the church, go out to them. That's what really needs to happen. Quit being forts, church. Quit expecting people to come to us to get sacraments, to get things. Maybe we, this whole time will teach us that the church is out there, and maybe we just need to get out of these buildings. And know that Eucharist is being lived all around us and not just simply in a host. We will always need the table. I always tell my parishioners, you cannot be an operating Catholic church without a table. You don't need statues. You don't need kneelers. You don't need candles. There are many churches throughout the world that don't even have a roof. Some basically just have real essentials. You don't even need an ambo. But any parish that operates needs one thing, the table, where a community gathers together. That will never end. And even all the things that we're going through, we're always going to have the Eucharist. Don't worry. But now we're seeing another side to the Eucharist that the church has chosen specifically, the Gospel of John. He doesn't say he took bread and broke it and gave it. He said Jesus laid down his life washed the feet of the disciples, and then took his life back on and said, now go do the same for others. The church is alive and well in you. There's going to be a lot of grief after all this has come to some kind of conclusion. And the church, even though right now people are grieving because they can't get inside, they can't receive all the sacraments and all, church... You better be ready when people go back because there's going to be a lot of grief, a lot of need for healing, a lot of need of reconnecting. Don't grieve right now that you don't think the church is important. It's alive, but not everybody sees it, but it is. And don't be those kind of people who don't see it. Don't be blind to that. But down the road, the church will make a difference again Not because we have all the rules or all the sacraments, but we're super holy. It will be because we will meet people in the streets where they're at to comfort the medical people who are going to be grieving, the first responders, people who have done essential work who are being taxed right now, for those who are trying to provide for families and unknown in the economy. The church will need to be there. 
And so tonight, maybe after you're done watching our Mass, maybe you might want to wash the feet of family members or people you're watching with. Maybe in your mind you may want to do that. You know, in all honesty, not to be funny, that maybe you're uncomfortable with feet right now or whatever, or you can't do that. How about washing each other's hands? That's the big thing that we're supposed to do now. And that can be an act of service. It's something simple that anyone can do for one another. And in the meantime, think about whose feet you need to wash that you can't see right now, but you know that needs our prayers, our comfort, our support, our kind word. The church is alive and well. And the Eucharist, even though the buildings are closed, is alive and well. And the Eucharist lives in everyone who washes the feet of others and lay down their lives to serve others. My friends, this special night is celebrated throughout the entire world. And whether our buildings are open or not, the church's prayers are heard by our loving God. And so at this time, let us think of all the people that we need to serve by washing their feet, by acts of charity and kindness, even those we find difficult to accept or consider them our enemies. Hopefully that we can be transformed to know that everyone on the face of the earth is truly our brother and sister. That Pope Francis, clergy, and all who share a common baptism come to greater unity and understanding, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For world leaders, may they serve with humble leadership, keeping the dignity of the human person at the front of every decision. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. That our, attitude, that our gratitude for the gift of the Eucharist may strengthen our solidarity with the poor, the lonely, the vulnerable, and the unborn. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For healthcare workers, first responders, and all serving on the front lines of the COVID health pandemic, may they be blessed by their loving sacrifices and protected from harm. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. That the elect, preparing to enter the Catholic faith, grow and thrive as God's children, as they wait with great patience to share in the Eucharistic banquet. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For those who are ill, may they feel the loving presence of Jesus. Pat McChesney, Linda Marshall. And for those who have died, may they enjoy the glory of the resurrection. Jean DeMart. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Lord, not only the petitions mentioned out loud this evening, but every petition deep within the hearts of all who have gathered here this evening, Answer our prayers always according to your compassionate way. We make this prayer through Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you for listening to the St. Patrick Catholic Community Homily Podcast. We are Christian Disciples in Mission, 